Welcome to the Endometriosis Nutritionist podcast. My name is Anna Marika Gerritsen, but call me AMG, and I'm a qualified nutritionist and I specialize in endometriosis. In this podcast, you will learn how what you eat and drink affects your endometriosis and how you can use your diet to take control over your symptoms. If you have endometriosis, make sure you subscribe to this podcast and make sure you download my free report, Five Things You Eat and Drink That Make Your Endometriosis Symptoms Worse. The link is in the show notes. Let's start this episode. This is going to be the last episode of the year 2021 for the Endometriosis Nutritionist podcast. And um, in this podcast, I'm going to talk about what you can do, three things you can do to hopefully manage the festive season as best you can. Um, I think the last two years have been difficult for everyone. Um, but if you have endometriosis, you probably have had a bit of a harder time of it. Um, and if you, I don't know about you, but I'm really looking forward to having time off over this festive season, um, just relaxing. Um, we are able here in Australia to go out and um, go on holidays again. So uh, my daughter and I are going camping for a week and then she's going to go on and have a few more days with a friend. And I'm just looking forward to doing relaxing things. Now, I take it for granted um, that uh, I can do that physically. But I know when you have endometriosis, every morning it is a bit of a gamble how you'll wake up and I think we all deserve to be able to spend the time with friends and family if you're in an area where that is allowed again so there are some things that you can do to minimize the risk of flare-ups um, because if you have made plans to catch up with people go and, and meet for Christmas or whatever you want to do in that period um, you want to be able to stick to those plans and do as anything you can probably to make that happen so <clears throat> three strategies that you can um, and in fact one of them you should start right now now after you listen to the rest of this podcast uh, is to help you minimize the risk of flare-ups now if you um, have been listening to this podcast, you know that, that one of the key elements underpinning your endometriosis and, and your symptoms is food intolerances. Now, you won't have time between now and, and Christmas to fix up all your food intolerances and in your diet so that you don't eat anything that is a big problem. But there are some things you can do to get a better insight into what those foods might be that you react to. And you may already have an idea. <clears throat> But there may be other food intolerances that um, you're not aware of and you have never thought of. Now, the, the one way that you can do that is to keep, so that's strategy number one, is to keep a food, what I call a food and feeling diary for a week. So what you do is, however you want to do, whether you want to record it on your phone or you want to take a piece of paper and um, start writing it down, um, this is what you do <clears throat> for a week or longer. I mean, you could look at uh, 10 days. It's, it, well, it's about nine days to Christmas. So look, look for a week, but you'll have to start right now. 
um, is there's a few things that you record. When you wake up, you record what time you wake up. Then you record and you you give yourself a rating um, as to how you feel physically in terms of your symptoms. So if you have, let's say, your main symptoms are bloating, um, brain fog, and um, or f- terrible fatigue and pain, then whatever pain, then you look at those three symptoms and you give yourself on those when you wake up a rating out of 10 zero meaning no symptom whatsoever 10 meaning excruciating um you know it's really it it means you can't do anything today Um, so you start with that and then you have breakfast and you write down what you have for breakfast now the more specific you can be the better Um, if you have um, some gluten-free toast and some avocado um you know you write that down um and if it is like toast that you got from the supermarket you might want to have a look and see what might be in it um just so you know what is going on Um, and then half an hour after you've eaten you rate yourself again on your symptoms um and you give it a a score out of from zero to ten And you do that for every meal you have during the day. So the next meal, you write down what time you had it, when you had it, what you have, and half an hour later, how you feel on your main symptoms. Uh, And if you notice any other symptoms popping up, you just make a note of of what you um, experience. And you do that throughout the day, and then you write down what time you go to bed. And then the next day, you do the same. Now, be very honest with yourself. If you um, somewhere through the day you uh, got yourself a, a packet of chips or crisps um, and you, you ate that, just write it down. This is for your eyes only and it really helps you to start to see some trends in what brings on symptoms um, or aggravates them. So you do that for a week. And then you go and sit down and I do that often for my clients. I get their food and feeling diary and then you become a bit of a detective. So you look for, um, for example, you look for the days when you wake up and you give yourself a very low rating on your symptoms. So your symptoms are pretty, a high rating on your symptoms. So your symptoms are pretty severe. And then I want you to look at what you ate the night before. Um, you look at, you go in through your your breakfast and go, were there any days where I had a breakfast and I, after 30 minutes, I rated my symptoms as very high, higher than I normally would. What did you have for breakfast? Um, Now, don't assume necessarily that it is something obvious. There could just be something really silly that you just don't know um but you look that you you haven't connected with your symptoms at all but you look for did you have that breakfast again um later in somewhere in the week and did you again have that sort of um reaction or is there something in that for example you have a gluten-free toast with avocado a couple of days a week uh, for breakfast and your symptoms go up um did you have at another time during the week, that gluten-free toast, how did you feel 30 minutes after? Um, did you at any other point have um, avocado? 
how did you feel after? So you need to become a really sort of detective in terms of um, how do my meals affect me, but breaking it down into its elements. Um, And then what that allows you to do is is maybe get a sense of, okay, it looks like um, this particular gluten-free bread is every time I have it, I I see my bloating increase or um, I I get stomach cramps or something. And then what you can do is leave that out. So leading up to Christmas, you just don't have that gluten-free bread. That reduces the chance of you feeling really bad um, uh, during the festive season. Uh, so anything where you go, every time I have that, in whatever combination with other foods, I seem to increase some of my symptoms. Just for just to be on the safe side, leave it out. Because what you want to try and do is minimize the impact of of food intolerances on your body leading up to all those hopefully very pleasant times with your uh, friends and families so that you minimize the chance of flare-ups. Doesn't mean we you actually get to the bottom of it all, um, but it definitely can reduce the, the risk um, and the likelihood of your flare-ups. And even through your um, you know, if you go go and have meals with people, try to avoid the things that you identified could potentially be a problem for you. Um, and I want you to think about, uh, don't just look at things where you know that they are potentially not healthy, like crisps or chips. Healthy foods, for, you know, foods that people consider healthy could be a problem for you. Um, I have, uh, I had a client who did everything right Um And then at some point she came back and said, you know what, I think I'm reacting to corn because she was feeling great and then noticed every time she had something with corn in it, some of her symptoms came back. So it can be something like that. Um, It can be apples. It can be uh, a certain nut. So it might not be all nuts, but it could be that you're reacting to almond. Um, You know, so it can be healthy foods well, foods that are healthy for the majority of people that or fresh foods, if you like, uh, that just happen to be not really healthy for you. So start with that. Keep a food and feeling diary for a week and just start to look for trends um, where typically if you react to a food, you'll see it 30 minutes after. Um, also, that how you feel in the morning tells you something about what you had the day before. So Look at it that way. Start, become your own food detective for a week. And if you like what you're learning from that, you could obviously continue doing it. Um, the, the second strategy is a bit more of a broad. The, the, the other two strategies, actually, are more broad brush strategies. Um, one is completely remove gluten from your diet. Now, I know a lot of you already do. It's it's the number one um, strategy that um, you'll find if you do some Googling about nutrition and endometriosis. But it really, really is important. And it's not that you should minimize it. What you have to understand about food intolerances is that 
if you are intolerant to something, and I don't, this is not an allergy, but it is your immune system is triggered by the food, um, and especially gluten, um, <clears throat> you even a little bit uh, can trigger your immune system and trigger your symptoms. So um, I had a client who was doing really well, and then she, on the way home from work, she was tired, she popped into um, a, a convenience store and bought herself some um, um, some, some potato cakes um, that were, were, were so, so, you know, she ate from there. They were the cooked potato cakes. Um, and it, almost immediately she started to feel bloated again. And um, and what she didn't realise was that the, the convenience store would have cooked them from frozen potato cakes, so they would have gotten the frozen cakes in. And in the factory they get dusted in flour to keep to stop them from sticking together. So she was actually having a little bit of flour in her potato cakes, on her potato cakes, um, and that caused her reactions. It was a tiny amount, but it definitely had an effect. So remove gluten completely. Leading up from, from now on, going forward, just remove them. Um, it will, if you've still been having a little bit of gluten here and there, it will definitely make a huge difference in your symptoms. And the same goes for strategy number three. It's all or nothing. <laughs> and that is remove processed foods. And that's foods that come into, in packets, in, um, in bottles, in uh, you know, anything that is combines a number of ingredients to create something. And I, you know, what I mean is um, nice, you know, convenient sources or convenient mixes or uh, anything, even, I would even argue uh, gluten-free bread that you buy in the supermarket because anything that you buy in the supermarket needs to stay on the shelf for a long time. So they put a lot of extra things in, chemicals in, to try and make it stay fresh as long as possible. So all of those are not good for any of us, um, but for you, they irritate your gut further um, and they will, um, and it's very likely that you react to some of the chemicals in there. And again, be really diligent. It can be quite tough. Um, if you are going somewhere for Christmas dinner, um, you may want to have a chat to the person who's cooking and see if if there are ways that they can help that, that you know that they can help you by cooking things that don't have gluten and no processed foods. If you if that's a bit difficult, just know that you'll end up afterwards um, feeling the worst for wear. But sometimes that can be. Um, it's, it's like a, a gamble you're willing to take because it allows you to be there. So these three strategies, if you apply them between now and the fest, you know, Christmas or New Year's or um, whatever your, um, your events are going to be that you want to be a part of and be able to attend, will help reduce the likelihood of major flare-ups. I can't promise that it will, will take away everything um, but if you uh, sometimes have these these days where you can't do anything because you're in excruciating pain or you are 
you, you feel you just too tired and you have to realize fatigue is a big indicator of a food intolerance um and so make sure that you um that th- these strategies will help you to get if, if your symptoms can be you know 10 out of 10 or 12 out of 10 maybe even uh, you may you may be able to reduce it to about 7 out of 10 which could well be uh, that it's just manageable and you can enjoy being part of the events because that's what I wish for you over this um, coming um, this coming festive season is that you can you can enjoy the company of the people that you love um, without being rolled up in a ball and feeling really really horrible so three strategies keep a food and feeling diary and be a food detective start looking for trends in your symptoms and try to find what foods might be causing them and then just take those out now just don't keep doing this um, because when you take foods out of your diet for a long period of time um, you tend to uh, take out valuable nutrients as well. And when we do this activity, you need to be able to um, replace those foods with foods that are good for you and provide you with all the necessary nutrients. But for a little while leading up to uh, Christmas, it's like a, a bit of a Band-Aid solution and and some uh, the solution that probably gives you a lot of insight into the connection between your f- food and your symptoms. Um, second strategy completely remove all gluten Uh, be really really strict about it Um, it will make a huge difference there's no such thing as a little bit of gluten is okay you 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 will feel the the consequences and also really no processed foods eat as clean as you can because that will will give your immune system and your gut um, a bit of a rest and that's what it needs to Um, to minimize the risk of flare-ups. So that brings us to the end of 2021. I'm going to have a break. As I said, um, I'm going to um, enjoy Christmas, go camping. Um, I've actually, um, after the couple of years we've had, um, I'm closing my clinic for a whole five weeks. (laughs) Um, and um, because it's, of course, here in, in Australia, we're in summer holidays. So um, it's school holidays and we're going to take a nice long time off. Um, I will be back open on the 24th of January, at which point you can um, contact me again and book in. And there will be um, also a, a, a short break in podcasts. So I will be back in the new year but um, you won't have any more podcasts until January. So I wish you all the best uh, during this festive season. I wish for you to have a lovely time with the the people that you love. Um, And uh, I have a wonderful start to 2022. And um, I hope that 2022 will be the year for you where you really start taking control over your symptoms and get clarity on nutrition and what the nutrition that is that you need to manage your endometriosis um well if i can help with that i'd love to um there are many ways that you can um get in touch with me um but until then have a wonderful wonderful break if you're having a break and i'll see you in the new year okay bye for now
Now, if you haven't done so already, make sure that you download my free report, Five Things You Eat and Drink That Are Making Your Endometriosis Symptoms Worse. It will explain to you what, uh, what parts of your diet may be contributing to your endometriosis symptoms. Um, you can download it from the link in the show notes.